We are I. Over the weekend, I was listening to this great podcast by Dr. Andrew Huberman. You know, and he was walking through stretching and talking about the differences between static stretching, you know, um, PNF stretching, dynamic stretching, and ballistic stretching. And we can really just look at this as like varying degrees of, you know, um, activity. So, like static stretching, obviously, what static means, you know, holding no movement still. And then it's just, it trickles into more movement all the time, you know, on an increasing scale, static, PNF, uh, dynamic, and then ballistic, obviously ballistic, explosive, lots of movement. And the one thing that I thought that was interesting about this, this podcast when he was going through incredibly detailed, studied back, obviously a genius, you know, just getting into the depth of the physiology of the muscle tissue and how it happens and why it happens and very informative. But the one thing that I thought was missing that should have even just maybe not been dived into, you know, but explained and said that, you know, maybe we'll get to this at like another time, but just to offer that little bit of clarity. Now, he was talking about increasing limb length. So let's look at this from the perspective of the knees and the elbows easy to pick on, especially the knees. Just being able to extend your leg up straight, laying flat on the floor and bringing one leg up, you know, hyperextending the knee, bringing the leg up perpendicular to the floor. Now, increasing that limb length. So obviously, if your knee was bent, we would be talking about tight hamstrings there. Um, you know, but again, that's great when you're talking about limb length, but when you when you bring in the dynamic and the ballistic stretching, I think in my mind first, well, I don't do this. I don't do these movements to be able to increase limb length. I do dynamic and ballistic stretching, you know, for just to like warm up the tissue, add pliability to the tissue. You know, so like this in my mind, like in my programs, you know, when I'm writing them on the board, if anybody's seen them posted online, when I have like horizontal leg swings or vertical leg swings, like I'm doing that, like the horizontal leg swings, I'm doing to be able to stretch out my lower back and my outside hip. I do the vertical leg swings to be able to stretch out my hamstrings and my hip flexors. You know, if I do the, you know, 360 degree shoulder uh, rotations with the bar, that's to help loosen up the chest, loosen up the shoulders, loosen up the neck. If I do the 180 degree internal adduction of the arm, again, that's to be able to help warm up the shoulders, loosen up the shoulders. And, you know, just preparing the body. I don't think of it as from like a limb length standpoint. I'm thinking like, hey, even though I may or may not have used my body much today, whether I work out in the morning, the afternoon or the evening, but I do this to be able to prepare my muscles. I also do it to be able to prepare my mind because and like at this stage, you know, I may or may not have already 
ran a mile on the treadmill, but you know, you're kind of transitioning from a higher heart rate, you know, exercise where you're relatively disassociated with the with the movements that you're about to do. So you're doing it to be able to bridge that gap and settle your mind and your heart rate down. Say, okay, we're moving on to the next stage of the workout, or I might feel a little bit tired and I want to spend some more time waking up my body and my mind before, you know, I get into working out, which may or may not be this morning by the time I get there. You know, and or if I feel tight from a past workout or something I did at work and my body just feels tight and I need extra time warming up those muscles, which allows more pliability to the tendons and the ligaments, you know, less prone to stress. So that's why in my mind, when I think of these movements, that's why I'm doing these these movements is not to promote limb length. It's just to kind of apply more elasticity to the tissue and a little bit more, you know, movement to the joint itself, a lot freer movement to the joint itself, again, to be able to bring less inflammation to the tendons and the ligaments and more efficiency to the tissue while I'm doing this movement. And again, it also helps me, you know, mentally and emotionally get more attached into the gym, get hungry and get ready to go. And this goes back to the principle too, when people ask me, well, how long should I work or warm up for? And I always say, you'll know when you're ready. Like when you get antsy, like I know I'm done warming up when I'm just, when I'm ready to go. I, I feel like I want to kick things into a new gear. I feel like I want to change the exercise I'm doing. I feel like I want to get into my actual workout. I actually feel that. And that's when I know my warm up process is done. If I rush that, it always seems like there's something kind of not quite right about the workout. Like it could be a little bit better. Now, if we go back to what his podcast was about, just increasing that that limb length, the one thing that I thought was very interesting, you know, between static stretching and, you know, PNF where you're using PNF using, you know, opposing or countering muscle groups to be able to help stretch the one that, you know, that you are trying to like flexing the quad to help loosen up the hamstring. And again, I always think this is just shifting focus, like shifting focus off something, you know, and applying that focus to something else to be able to relax, you know, in this case, the muscle that you want to stretch. So not only did I find it you know, interesting that just good old static stretching, you know, helps, but this is the kicker though. This is what I find to be interesting and hard to immediately validate in your mind is that they took, there was a study that he read out and went through in detail about the the differences in these control groups, so or the, the difference in the application of the stretching versus the control group. So you had a group of people, it's called group of people one, where they did static stretching and only pushed to 30 to 40%. So this would be like where you barely start to feel tension on the muscle, and you stop there and you relax into your stretch for a minute or two from there. And then you have people, you know, who, you know, push it to that, you know, that eight or nine, you know, where you're feeling that pull on the muscle thing and that I have to kind of like push through this tension and I need to get to the point where I'm holding this eight or nine and then I feel my body relax and, you know, that's when the stretch starts to take place. I've regurgitated this information last time. And I've heard other people regurgitate that information lots of times too, because it makes sense. I got to get to the point where I don't feel flexible and I need to kind of push that. But I also need 
a long enough time for my body to realize that it's in a safe and controlled environment and it can relax the tissue and the stretch can promote itself from there. Well, and then you have the control group who did nothing. Well, it turns out that the control group or the group one, experimental group one, that only push about 30 to 40%, like barely feeling the tension, they had the greatest results. And I can't remember exactly what those results were, but they were noticeably better after the given time frame than the people who pushed that stretch about an eight or nine out of 10, which leads us to believe that, you know, it's not, or it leads us to show that you shouldn't be pushing through a stretch. And then I thought, but I was like, fuck, you know, that makes total sense because when you're pushing harder into that stretch, you do have to get to that point where the muscle just relaxes and it stops guarding itself because it's, it's resisting and pulling against what you want to do. And then all of a sudden it just releases and allows you to be able to deepen that stretch. But if you never really get there and you're patient with it and you start to feel a little bit of tension and you relax from there, your body will feel that position and that safety and that security a lot sooner. It just might not be as profound because if you do stretch, you know that that feeling where like it's locked up, locked up, and all of a sudden it just all that tension melts away. And it feels fantastic when that happens. Sense of relief and de-stressing of the body. But like as we know now, and what I know now, is that that's actually not good. Like your body will obviously relax and have more benefit that's from that stretch, peeling those onions ends way back. They said this is why like yoga protect practitioners and everything you just you don't really push like nobody's encouraging you to push past that it's just feel that little bit be aware everybody feel that tension melt that tension away and why things like um you know uh eastern methodologies where there's never really supposed to be like this high impact on the body which is why you know where the flow movements is just tai chi which is again just like dynamic stretching kind of warming up the body for life so it was, it was very interesting to hear that. It was like something that it's like something that I've known for decades, but I've never really put any thought into it to try to say, hey, what is the best here? You know, is it better just to peel that way back and not push as hard through that stretch? Well, again, obviously, what the research says is like that actually is true. And again, in my mind, I can logically look at this as, you know, like this is probably definite. It's probably what they feel. The only thing that, again, I feel like this didn't cover because there's probably no study that covered this is, is there benefit to rolling out before you stretch statically? Is there benefit to rolling out and dynamically warming the body up before you get into this exercise? Because they did say that this was under the 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 presence of a warm-up activity. Well, what could that warm-up be? You know, can that warm-up be, you know, rolling out that dynamic stretching and then you get into your stretching protocol? So, like, that's where I would like a little bit more clarity is how can we make that static stretching better and more beneficial outside of just warming up the body first? Because I would like to believe that if you rolled out before, especially with an aggressive deep tissue roller, like a rumble roller, that this would offer that extra and enhanced relaxation to the tissues. It breaks it up and would allow that static stretch field to take place 
even better, even better degree where, you know, your previous to the static or the previous to the rolling, your static stretch might have achieved a six to eight out of 10. But after you roll, that might be a four to six out of 10. So, you know, a little, a little interesting, but again, you can play around. This is the best part about now that in my mind where I get to is now you can play around with that. It's like, well, roll out before you stretch. Don't stretch. Don't warm up before you stretch. You know, stretch warmed up. You know, play around, you know, in a controlled manner so that you can understand, like, how all these things actually truly and tangibly affect your body. Because, you know, now you're armed with some information, and what you do with that information is completely up to you. Because the one thing I do know is stretching in the sauna versus not stretching in the sauna, that has a huge impact, too. So what if you, and we didn't even talk about using the gun on tight muscle groups and then stretching or using the gun, then rolling out, then stretching. Like there's a lot of avenues that we can play around with here to run a controlled experiment. So now that you're armed with the information that you have, the question is what experiments are you going to run to be able to make your stretching protocol or stretching out your tight muscle groups? What are you going to do to be able to make this most beneficial for you? 